Hello, Hope family. Welcome to Hope Daily. This year, I'll be reading along with the year one Bible reading plan and sharing devotional thoughts from the book or books of the month. That means that for January, I'll be sharing thoughts from the book of Matthew. Last year, Mark shared a brief overview of Matthew on our Instagram, and that video is still available in our year one highlights. There, he told us that Matthew is focusing on Jesus as the king and what his kingdom will look like. He does this using several tools, but the two main tools are the Old Testament quotes and parables. So we'll see a lot of those, and they will point us to what kind of king Jesus will be and what his kingdom will look like. The signs of Jesus as king begin very early in Matthew. Matthew chapter 2 begins this way. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. There is some mystery and intrigue introduced right away in the Gospel of Matthew. These wise men of unknown number from an undisclosed location other than the vague direction of east show up looking for something they expect everyone to know about. They have seen his star ever since it rose into the sky and are looking for the one born to be king of the Jews. This is familiar to us in that it has become a part of the Christmas story. We sing about the three kings who traveled far. We have nativity sets that have a star perched above a thatched roof. But the meaning of it isn't immediately obvious, even if the telling of the events is familiar to us. Again, the wise men come and they seem to assume a lot is to be known, but Herod and many others are confused as to what all this means. What star? How do you know it's a sign? Who is born King of the Jews? Several years ago, I watched a documentary style movie called The Star of Bethlehem, where a Christian sets out to trace the actual astrological event that led to the Magi going to Bethlehem. And I found it fascinating and quite interesting. There are plenty of other biblical and astrological Christian scholars who have questioned some of the findings. And I don't know if it's if what this movie portrays is the actual event or not. But again, I did find it interesting. Today, I don't want to focus on the actual astrological event of what actually happened in the sky. Because I don't think Matthew would have intended his readers to try to prove or even like remember the actual event. The event is shared because of its meaning. So what is its meaning? Jared Stacy, a former pastor and current writer and PhD student, wrote an article called Caesar's Comet and the Christmas Star. And I found it quite interesting. I'll link to it in the show notes. He begins by telling a story regarding Julius Caesar and his eventual successor Octavian, or as he later became known, Caesar Augustus. Octavian ascended to a contested throne largely, largely through winning a violent, literal game of King of the Hill. To win some favor of the people, one of the first things he did was to host Olympic-style games in Julius Caesar's honor. During the games, there was a comet that hung in the sky over Rome, and it was said to be Caesar's soul ascending to the gods. Octavian capitalized on this story, recognizing that the comet was now a powerful symbol that embodied Caesar's legacy, but also his divinity. The Roman Senate publicly recognized this phenomenon as confirming Caesar's divine status and thus elevating the throne as, div as being divinely passed down as well. 
Octavian, now Caesar Augustus, had coins minted with his face on one side and a comet on the other, appealing to his own divine rights and power. So all of this is in relative recent history when Matthew makes mention of a star, literally flame or fire, in the sky over Bethlehem that catches the attention of the Magi. But instead of coming, making mention of Caesar, they come steeped in Hebrew scripture, asking for the one-born king of the Jews. As Jared Stacy puts it, quote, Caesar's comet adds a richness to the reading of the birth narrative. Not only does the gospel account challenge Caesar's claim to political control, it also subverts the foundation of the political claim by reversing his theological claim to divinity, end quote. So the star that hung above Rome was meant to mean that a man, Caesar, had become a god. The star over Bethlehem indicated that God had become man. Those living under Roman context had to wrestle with what to do with a man who had become God, but now Herod and Caesar must reckon with a God who has become man, with a Lord whose path to the throne was paved by first leaving the throne of heaven. In our contentious political times, there's a pull and I think even a wisdom for many Christians to pull back from politics and to seek safety and comfort in an apolitical Christianity. While I do think that there's some wisdom in this, and we certainly should not be partisan, choosing one side blindly and uncritically over another, I, do, I think in Matthew's star narrative, we see that Jesus's very birth had kingdom political implications. Many Christians feel politically homeless, too conservative for liberals, too liberal for conservatives, while other Christians feel all too comfortable in one political party or another. Again, quoting from Stacy, he says, Jesus represents a radical third way that is destructive to our defensive neutral ground. The way of Jesus manifests a preferential bias towards and identification with the marginalized, the poor, the disabled, the abused, and neglected. End quote. Where did the star lead the Magi? To the home of a poor woman who had given birth where the animals fed to a family who would be forced to flee their home out of fear of death, rendered refugees in a foreign land, to a family that would end up resettling in Nazareth from where nothing good can come. From the moment of his birth, Jesus took sides. From the moment of Jesus' birth, he was a threat to the existing power structures. God becoming man continues to be a challenge to all of us. It upsets the way we believe the world works. It changes the definition of power. God's kingdom is unlike earthly kingdoms, and instead of trying to change our world through the existing power structures of government and worldly power, we must courageously follow the God-turned-man, Jesus, and show up among the marginalized, the poor, the disabled, the abused, and the neglected. What does it look like for us to follow that type of king today? What assumptions have we been living with that we need to rethink and challenge? How have we been living according to the kingdoms of this world, and how can we start living according to the kingdom of Jesus?